Welcome to Pop Culture Confessions, a podcast where we fix our greatest movie mistakes. I'm Amanda, and I'm joined by Hannah. Hello. And Ryan. Hello. Greetings and salutations. <laughs> Greetings, mortals. <laughs> so this is a podcast, as you probably are aware. What? And <laughs> I'm really trying to back it up for the newcomers, just so they're not lost. We have some pretty deep lore here. Yeah. <laughs> It does get more and more complex. It does. Every jump we make. <laughs> We're butterfly affecting all over the place. Basically, what we do here is each week, one of us confesses that there is some big movie that we've never seen that we probably should have seen. And we open up our souls and our hearts to our friends here on the call. And they accept us lovingly. Then we all watch it. And then we talk about what's good, what's bad, what held up, what didn't. What's usually there's some element of, wow, that really sucks in retrospect. That's very problematic. That's sexist. That's racist, etc. Yep. It's very hard to see something that's more than about 10 years old and not even the most innocuous thing. Yes. Find plenty of horrific things. Times have changed. A lot of eyes have been opened. We don't watch media the same way we did 20 years ago. Yeah. And there's also sometimes there's things we've seen as children we haven't gone back and rewatched yes. and we may be shocked at our poor tastes in the past mm -hmm. or <laughs> yeah <laughs> come to like a greater appreciation of something as well it all depends so last week we talked about hannah's pop culture confession when harry met sally and i made a confession of my own so you guys yes circle circle up come in close i've been feeling a little bit of that holiday spirit like it's creeping in a little festive yeah it's starting to creep up on me so there's a movie that i think is kind of like a holiday movie there's some debate around it or so i hear that i think would be an interesting interesting watch for us that i have never seen before as it happens yeah there's a few movies i can think of that fall in this category you've described so i'm really excited about all of them and which one you're gonna pull out of the hat <laughs> the category I described is holiday movies, basically. So there's a few, yes. I have to confess that I have never seen Gremlins. Oh. Oh, 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 oh. Gremlin in a blender. <laughs> I love it. Uh, what is that? I don't know what that means. <laughs> You'll find out. <laughs> Gremlin. So, I mean, we've talked about this movie kind of before, and that this is the movie that PG-13 yes. was invented for. Uh-huh. Or not invented, that they came up with. That this is one of the main contributors. Right. Because of the fact that this movie was PG and it shouldn't have been. What do you know about Gremlins? Um, I know that, basically, the two rules are you don't get them wet and you don't feed them after midnight. And that's, I think, literally all I know. Oh. There are three rules for Gremlins. Okay. <laughs> Well, I don't know the third one, and don't tell me. You'll find out the third. I know. Oh, they're so cute. Oh, my I God. I kind of know what they look like. Yeah. They look like Furbies. Yes. Like, the Furbies, they, like, must have exactly taken the design <laughs> for Mogwai's. ripped off Gremlins. Yeah. They ripped off Gremlins. And it came out the year I was born, which is probably another reason I haven't seen it. That's a pretty good reason not to have seen it. Yeah. I showed this movie to a kid during the lead-up to Christmas. They got so scared, they went and grabbed a baseball bat to watch the rest of the movie. <laughs> So I think it works. That's adorable. <laughs> They're going to defend themselves from the movie. Exactly. From those gremlins. <laughs> They're going to get you. The gremlins are after you. I think if we look at the movie poster for it, it's one of those kind of almost like horror movie posters. Yeah. i pull it up and actually look at it. It's been a while since I looked at it. Let's see. Okay. So there's a couple of them, it looks like. There's one that's white. That's got the little, the little fuzz boy, and he's got a shadow <laughs> that's 
spooky. And it says, what you see isn't always what you get. And the shadow looks real scary. That's the one that's on the cover of my copy of Gremlins that I own. Uh Uh-huh. And then there's another one that looks even more spook spooktacular. I'm thinking of one that looks like a box with... Uh... Yes, so that's the other one I'm looking at. It says, cute, clever, mischievous, intelligent, dangerous. And then it's got oh. some man holding a box with holes poked in the top and some little fuzzy arms poking out of it. And uh, ooh, and it looks like some scary eyes in the darkness. Dun, dun, dun. So it's maybe a horror uh-huh. movie, I guess. Horror-ish. Uh-huh. Horror adjacent. Supposed to be scared. It's probably the kid's equivalent of a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And that like you watch it as an adult and you're like, that's more kind of creepy than scary. But when a kid, you're like, I need my baseball bat right. to continue watching this movie. <laughs> Just in case so. any of these bad boys show up. <laughs> in case this documentary right. was filmed in my backyard. <laughs> I need to be prepared. For the gremlins, they're coming to get me. In case these vermin, these commonly (laughs) encountered household vermin show up and I need to... This public service Mm -hmm. announcement I'm being shown right now to warn me about the gremlins. (laughs) So yay or nay, should I watch this with my Furby? Oh, you haven't seen it either. Oh no, I've seen it. I'm just saying, should I watch this again with my Furby? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes, I think. I'm saying that never having seen it before. Just don't get your Furby wet. Don't try and recreate the... Or do. It's true if you want. Well, I don't want to ruin what happens when they get wet. But Well, there's some other posters <laughs> that have a different looking guy on them. I don't think these are the actual posters. They might be fan art or something, but it has a more scary one. So I'm assuming that's what they turn in. Does he have a mohawk? Uh, yes. Yeah, he does. He does have a mohawk, come to think of it. Yeah. And then it takes place at the holidays, so uh, it's technically a holiday movie, apparently. Yes. There's a speech in here about Christmas that you can tell just how dark your friends are, if they know this speech or not, <laughs> how into the more morbid side of life they are. How dark your friends are. Okay. If they know a, a holiday okay. speech. Okay. Yes. Yeah, they can recite the speech from Gremlins about the holidays. Okay. <laughs> I'll look for the speech then. Uh, I fall in the okay. camp that this most definitely is a Christmas movie. So we'll, we'll see what you think at the end. Well, I will make my judgment uh, of that after I watch it. I will report back as to whether or not I agree that it is a Christmas movie or not. I'm getting ready to do all my Christmas shopping right now anyway. So these cute little mogwais. I think I'm gonna gonna be on the prowl for them. Mogwise, what's that? I thought these are gremlins we're talking about. Oh, it's confusing. I know. I'm so ignorant of the gremlin verse. <laughs> The cinematic universe. I don't know the lore. I need the the story Bible. <laughs> is, is there a novelization I can read perhaps before I watch this to be more there prepared? There probably is. I know <laughs> probably. there are Gremlins comic books. So the Gremlins verse <laughs> is diverse and deep. <laughs> <laughs> the Gremlins cinematic universe. Uh, I think I want to say Hulk Hogan is in Gremlins 2, I think. I'm pretty sure. Oh. I think it's Home Alone 2 that Donald Trump is in, not Gremlins 2. Okay. Yes. yes. Well, he's in one of them, but yeah, that's fun. Let's not talk about him right now. Let's not. I am not looking forward to him, and I'm looking forward to Gremlins. All right, so are we ready to time travel? We got to get to the future. Yes, let's go. What do you got for us, Hannah? I'm ready to go to the future slash past. Do you have some contraption and invention you've made? All right, climb on in. Yeah, Um, hold on a second. So we're going back to what year is this? It's 1984 when this was released, but we're also jumping into the future into a a time when we have already seen the movie. So we're going to need a double jump. We're going to have to go back to 84 and then forward. Yeah, we're going to have to go back and then forward. Yeah, man, that's confusing. So, okay. All right, buckle in. 
Oh, I love the sound effects. <laughs> I'm a Foley artist, you guys. Buckle in. All right. You guys ready? Okay. Here we are. Seen the movie. Here we are in the future. All right. So now that we're in the future. We're in the future. Why don't we get a summary for Gremlins? Now that we're in the future in the no shame zone. The summary for Gremlins from IMDb is a boy inadvertently breaks three important rules concerning his new pet and unleashes a horde of malevolently mischievous monsters. Mischievous. On a small town. Wow. Hey, IMDb, you suck. <laughs> that seems like it would be a fun sentence to type, but not to say. That was me. You can read that shit, but you can't say it. <laughs> hey, IMDb, why you gotta be so uh, difficult? So, <laughs> does the boy actually break the rules? Because I thought, so his friend breaks the first rule by accident. Well, one of the quarries gets water on everything. Right. And then the evil ones chew through the core. They trick him into breaking one they of the They trick rules. him into breaking the rule, yeah. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. a mogwai turns the sunlight on them. So I don't know if he breaks any of the rules, actually. I mean, I guess the midnight rule he technically does break, but that is inadvertent, so that's accurate. But his friend, his Corey okay. Feldman is the one who... It's an 80s movie. There has to be at least one Corey. I, when I saw Corey Feldman's name in the credits, I was like, oh, good. My least favorite part of Goonies is back. <laughs> At least he wasn't playing the same character. This movie has a lot to do with Goonies, actually. but It reminded me a little bit. Yeah, and of Stranger Things. I don't know. I wouldn't say he's a boy. He works at a bank. He's a big boy. He's a definite case of the late 20s to early 30s being cast as a teenager. He's a beefy boy, and he's almost grown. He's a tall boy. For sure. He's a young man, as they would have said. I guess. So you had never seen this movie before. Nope. What did you think of Gremlins? I can't wait to hear it because <laughs> I was so excited to hear you talk about Goonies and then you didn't like it. So yeah. I'm very distressed. <laughs> if it makes you feel better, I liked it better than Goonies. Good. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely better. It at least didn't make me want to turn the TV <laughs> off every five minutes like Goonies sort of did. Uh-huh. It was funny at times. It was yep. at least entertaining. A lot of the characters were silly and over the top, but it, for some reason it didn't bother me as much as it does sometimes in these 80s movies where characters are just ridiculous. I got a little bit of tonal whiplash from the level of horror that was yeah. sometimes there, like mm -hmm. unexpected levels of grisly horror, when a lot of the movie is very yes. like kid-optimized, almost. Until yes. you get to the part where you're exploding a gremlin in the microwave. Like, I would propose that this is actually the scariest movie we've watched so far. Uh, eh. I don't know that it was scary. I wouldn't say scary. I would say gory at times and dark at times. Yeah, I was never really worried about anybody. Right. Like, I didn't get the sense of fear that I think I was supposed to have of the gremlins once they turn into the reptile boys. Okay. <laughs> and girl, there's one of them who identifies as female. That's right. true. <laughs> or at least wears the clothing thereof. Can we at least agree that when I saw this as a seven or eight year old in the theater, that this was highly inappropriate for children? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that we can really see why PG-13 exists now. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it almost reminded me a little bit of our very first movie that we watched, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where you get 
a lot of humor and a lot of just sort of acting and plot that's aimed clearly at a, at a pretty young demographic. But then it's interspersed with these moments of genuine adult content, not sex so much in this one. Not even in that like sly way that, you know, only grownups are going to get and it's going to zoom right over the kid's head. Right. It's just totally open and upfront about it. Like moments of darkness that you wouldn't normally get in a movie aimed at this demographic now, I don't think. Like even when it's not showing a gremlin in a blender or whatever, the story that Phoebe Cates is telling about finding her dad, like a spooky urban legend about her dad in the chimney, it just gets real dark. They had to fight to keep that in the movie because the studio was like, this is way too dark. You know, we can't tell if this is a horror movie or a comedy and they're like exactly (laughs) it came out of nowhere too (laughs) well they toned the script down too because the gremlins kill and eat the dog yeah really billy's mom is beheaded and her head is thrown down the stairs originally jesus holy shit I didn't look that up, but wow. It started for me right at the beginning. I was like, oh, okay, this feels very, you know, sort of Goonies-esque and it's all sort of fun. And I'm I'm assuming it'll get kind of spooky later, but right now it's all kind of friendly and whatever. And then the old lady walks into the bank. It threatens to violently murder yeah. this dog by putting it in the dryer. My yeah. jaw dropped. Like, I was so not expecting that level. When I saw that, I thought, oh, no, Amanda doesn't like animals being hurt in movies. Yeah, it went from zero to 100 super <laughs> fast. So I yeah. immediately went to my favorite website, www.doesthedogdie.com, and made sure that I was not in for a grisly dog dryer death scene. Chris Columbus wrote this movie, and he also had a hand in... Goonies, and then of course, like Home Alone, which are all kind of like darker children's movies. And I also, when I was watching this, I was like, man, Steven Spielberg really loves like Rube Goldberg, like gadgets and inventions. And then I realized that's Chris Columbus who loves that kind of stuff. (laughs) Well, and Home Alone is dark on a level of dark that I would expect from a movie of the era. This is dark on an unexpected level. Um, By the way, while we're plugging (laughs) doesthedogdie.com, there's other sections there when you go to the Gremlins page. It's like, does a cat die? Does another animal die? Does a horse die? And when you (laughs) click on does a horse die, some user added this. It says, regrettably, there are no horses in this film. No horses. This is a horseless film. (laughs) You get the complete picture. (laughs) It's just they really wanted there to be horses and gremlins. (laughs) Content warning. This film has zero horses. You know, you're talking about how, like, how dark yeah. the movie is. It does a really good job of keeping the gremlins, when you actually first see them, off yeah. camera for a long time. Classic trick. Like, you'll see shadows, you'll see them moving around, you'll see an arm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, classic Hitchcock. Yeah. Or alien. Jaws. Yeah. Way that you show monsters, that your mind can fill in those details. I was really struck when I watched it this time through. Uh, what a badass Billy's mom is. Oh, my God. <laughs> when she gets confronted <sighs> by the gremlins. She's like, it's on. No fear. <laughs> like she goes from zero to dual wielding kitchen knives. <laughs> Wait, okay. Can we talk about that scene for a minute? Because all she knows at that point is that there are spooky sounds coming from upstairs. She has not been attacked. Okay, so they do throw a glass at her. But other than that, I actually rewound to like make sure I wasn't wrong. There has been no indication that, I mean, she got a phone call that said, get out of the house, and then they threw a glass at her. But other than that, there's been no indication that these things are trying to murder her until she starts to murder them. Maybe they're just reacting in self-defense, right? Like, they look scary. (laughs) They definitely look like creepy monsters, but that's 
very superficial of her. Well, they killed the teacher, but she didn't know that. She doesn't have enough science-based evidence to throw them in a blender in a microwave yet. (laughs) Right. She hasn't observed them doing anything except for they, okay, they did throw a glass at her, but that's, it didn't hit her. She's been a stay-at-home wife and mom for this like really bumbling inventor guy, just really suffering. And finally, finally, she gets to be a badass. (laughs) She's just been waiting for this opportunity. Yeah. Her true talents are unleashed. She's missed her calling as a Navy SEAL. She kind of reminded me of like Ripley and Alien. Yeah, well, there's a lot of yeah. homages yeah, to short hair. movies that we've seen. Like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was a big one. <laughs> there's a scene where she's holding like the knife and like kind of mm-hmm. like hiding behind a door. And she really reminded me of like an almost exact shot from Halloween. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Even though we've been watching a lot of things that I feel like this thing is parodying or referencing or whatever. I feel like we've been training our whole podcast for this movie, guys. <laughs> there was a scene later on in the film that I was like, there's probably 12 references in this scene that I'm not understanding. There would be more humor in this for me if I understood what they were making fun of. The bar scene. (laughs) Yeah. Because like they linger so long on like, look at this one. It has a hat. Look at this one. It's doing something silly. Well, I saw the Flashdance one. I recognize that. Saw the Flashdance. Well, and I think it's also like just kind of tropes. Yeah, because the gremlins are supposed to represent like the worst in human characters. So it's kind of like all the bad mm-hmm. behavior with like drunks at a bar, you know? Oh, okay. I can see that. Was one supposed to be the Godfather? The one with like the cigar and the hat? Is there a famous hat man in the Godfather? I mean, they all wear hats. <laughs> it's the air of hats. We're going to have to do Godfather at some point, by the way. I have been putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. But one of these days, that's going to be our sweeps week. That's going to be a long week. (laughs) It's a long movie. But anyway, Gremlins. So yeah, I enjoyed it overall. It was a kind of a roller coaster ride. Yeah. It was both grosser and gorier than I expected and also not as scary as I expected in some ways, if that makes sense. And cuter? Because the mogwais oh my god the mogwai are so cute oh my god they're cutish they make cute sounds more than anything howie mandel does the voice for gizmo i know i looked yeah. that up i was like why did they what does it sound like what's that cartoon that he did oh where he played the little baby sounds very similar a baby uh. 90s okay I'll, I'll think of it i'm sure yeah but that's a m- amazing bit of puppetry and design work yeah and then i think the guy who did all the funny sound effects in police academy was also one of the voices yeah he did some of the voices too so that leads us into best parts i guess that the animation sometimes of gizmo and of occasionally the other gremlins is really well done i wasn't sure i was like are uh-huh. they doing stop motion animation are they doing like well originally they wanted to do stop motion they also tried putting monkeys in uh yes but the monkeys freaked out destroyed the office and shat everywhere (laughs) there's a story where they have the monkey in the mogwai costume like destroying the office and they have to like lock the door while it's destroying stuff and then one of the guys turns to the other one is like so puppets right wow (laughs) which i think would be a great scene if you could film that yeah that'd be amazing Those poor monkeys. And like, did they like not speak with anybody who's met a monkey? Because freaking out and shitting everywhere is kind of what they do. Well, there are trained monkeys that perform in film. I think they said they freaked out when they put the the helmet over them. the mask on. Mm. They don't usually put things over their head. Monkey don't lie. True. (laughs) No! Is that your new catchphrase, Ryan? (laughs) Monkey don't lie. Just test it out, workshopping it a little here. See if it... Monkey don't lie. 
All right. I like it. I like it. <laughs> yeah. So the creature design was very good. I guess some people might think the unevenness of the tone is either a plus or a minus, depending on how you look at it. I view it as a plus, almost in the same way that like from Dust Till Dawn has that rapid shift in tone when the horror arrives. I think this mm-hmm. does the same thing. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure how I feel. It just switches back and forth too much for me. So you think once you make that shift, you got to commit to it? Yeah, like you just got to commit to it. I would have liked it to be more suspenseful unless if you're going to do horror, try and commit to the suspense at least. Yeah. I guess you would have had to sacrifice some of the yuck yucks, but like make me actually afraid of these creatures more than I was. And they could have gone slapstick with all of the gore and stuff too. Like it could have been sillier, the fights and stuff. And instead they were like, now this is a horror movie, chainsaw. Right, like one way or the other, please. Yeah. I really wish they'd given Phoebe Cates a little more screen time because she just lights up the screen. Yeah, she's great. She was good. Yeah, I liked her a lot. Some of the bad stuff. Oh, The acting except for Phoebe Cates, especially on the part of the boy and his mom. Billy. So I guess the mom was good when she gets to the part where she goes Rambo on all the gremlins. She has an action scene. That's good. But before that, they almost are speaking like they've been sedated. They're (gasps) like monotone, like, oh, that's interesting. Like, oh, they've pupated. They are not reacting the way that you would expect someone to react when there's a clearly sentient, possibly alien race that's like doing things. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. If like nothing else happened in the movie and the Mogwais never transformed, their very existence changes all of human history and understanding. (laughs) Yeah, it's a clearly sentient species. He can talk, he sort of. He can communicate with people. He understands, like, language. He makes tools. Yeah, it's yeah. revolutionary. <laughs> right. One weird trick. Biologists hate him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was a little strange for me. And then occasionally when they were animating, when they had, like, way too many gremlins to animate, it would become immediately clear that, oh, they just, like, taped that doll to that string of lights or whatever. And swung it around a little bit. If the gremlin isn't moving, it loses a lot of its magic. Yeah. There was one shot in particular where I remember when it was moving and it was clearly just like they locked its hands around something and then like shook it because it looked so fake. I did like (laughs) the group gremlins scene with the movie theater. Yeah. Especially when they're behind the movie theater screen and they're coming towards the screen. I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah, that's cool. The movie theater scene was the one scene I already knew about. It was the one that I've seen somewhere, somehow. I also feel like they don't really explain the actual nature of gremlins very well, because, like... No, they don't. Are they good? Are they bad inherently? They become bad when they get hit with water? Like, no. Well, but Gizmo didn't. Like, why was Gizmo the only good one? Yeah, that confused me. Or maybe Stripe was just the bad seed. No, all the other ones were kind of bad, too. Yeah, they were pretty naughty. Yeah, like, I don't know why they would have just, like, followed his orders or whatever. Maybe there's just impressionable youth brought under a, you know, charismatic leader. (laughs) The gizmo is an old soul or, like, just he's been around for longer. Yeah. He's like, oh, shit, this stuff again. (laughs) He's like the old guy in the park teaching everybody to play chess. He knows what's really. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. His children, really, I guess, because he birthed them from his butt. (laughs) (laughs) Or his back. (laughs) Like, did they fly out of his ass or did they fly out of his skin? (laughs) It looked like the butt region. I don't know. I remember that scene and I was like, aren't you going to check on Gizmo? Like, he's lying there, like, moaning. And they're like, oh, cool. These are really 
really cute. Yeah, he's clearly in pain. Right. Same thing when Phoebe Cates is telling yeah. her story to Billy. He's like, I give zero fucks about what you're saying right now. Right. Like, he doesn't know how to react to things in an emotional way that's on, yeah. that's like the right emotional level for the input and the output yeah. are not matching each other. They think there's some pretty good dog acting, though. That dog was a champ. Yeah, that dog was real good. Sure. I'm glad the dog didn't die. I'm also glad the cats didn't die. So often in these things, the cats are like disposable. Oh, Mrs. Deagle's cats? Like, oh, we can make a joke about the cat getting thrown out a window or something. So even though the cats were mean, they didn't die. Yeah, she really seemed like a very weird character to me because she was like, very much it seems to me like in maybe Wizard of Oz before the go over the rainbow that's the witch or almost like it's a wonderful life kind of character yeah yes a mr potter type character i think there was in the comic or there was a deleted scene where she is trying to buy the whole town basically it goes into more detail about Mm. yeah i was like why does she have so much power is she just a landlord no she's the wife of a like stockbroker embezzler oh. type guy but he was a jailed stockbroker like a discredited one or something like yeah. everybody knew that he uh. was a criminal i just didn't like how everyone just acquiesced to her i thought that was that's not how it works lady get in line yeah that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. she's also just kind of an old and boring stereotype about like a cat lady i don't know maybe they just wanted to have a mean old lady instead of mean old white man but it just doesn't quite work like that when i was a kid i found it hilarious when uh her wheelchair thing functions and she goes flying out the building i actually this time when i watched it i felt kind of bad for it i felt like she was more humanized like in the 30 seconds or so before they Uh, kill her where they're just with her cats i think they're trying to soften her up (laughs) so you feel a little bit bad for her when she dies i guess but that first yeah. scene makes her completely irredeemable in my eyes. She's just a fucking monster. And then also, she has the most batshit crazy eyebrows that I've ever seen. <laughs> yes, give me the analysis of the eyebrows, Amanda. Yeah, here's Amanda's eyebrow corner. So all the beauty videos that I've watched on YouTube, uh-huh. you sort of outline the brow first and then you fill it in. She just <laughs> drew a line on top of the brow, like at the top edge of it, and then stopped. Like that was it. No bottom line, no filling in. They were kind of bushy too, weren't they? Was- yeah, like she had brows on fleek, but she didn't do them right. Yeah. She had the brow potential. That's <laughs> how so you can tell a villain. <laughs> the eyebrows. Yeah, she had extremely untrustworthy eyebrows. <laughs> you know, I laughed the first time you said that, but I found it to almost universally be true. For- I mean, really, yeah. it's true. Watch somebody's <laughs> eyebrows. Yep. Clued me into a movie language I didn't know existed. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Yeah, so her eyebrows were one of the bad parts. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they did very effectively convey her evilness. Dark, dark soul. Yes. Dark, black, evil heart. I can't tell if the end scene with Gizmo driving the car is cute or stupid. (laughs) I thought it was cute. I guess it's a callback to that movie with uh, Clark Gable that he watched. Yeah. I think they overdid that part of it. I just, I, even as a kid, I didn't understand how he could actually yeah. drive the car. Like, Does he have the remote control? Is it a remote control car that he's operating somehow? Toy Story definitely did a better job of that. They have, like, the RC, the remote controller, in the car with them as they're in the car, so. 
Yeah, that would have made more sense. But, you know, maybe Toy Story in retrospect saw that it didn't make sense and figured out how to do it. Yeah. Is this that book where the mouse can drive the toy cars as long as he makes the car noises with his mouth? Stuart Little? No, not Stuart Little. The other tiny mouse who's hanging out with people? Who's not Stuart Little? Who's not Stuart Little. There's another one. I think you might be right. I remember that book when I was a little kid. Yeah, as long as he makes the noise, he can drive. Which is very true with, like, cars and lightsabers. If you make the noise, you're halfway there. The mouse and the motorcycle. It's a Beverly Cleary book. Yeah, I mean, I guess just more of the tone stuff. I wrote down, like, we're watching them murder people, and then all of a sudden they're dressed up in caroling costumes, and they're, like, singing carols (laughs) in front of somebody's house. Like, what? (laughs) How do I reconcile these two tones? (laughs) They're killing Santa. That sheriff was just a genuinely terrible sheriff. He was corrupt. He was like... Yeah, give me that tree for free. And the guy's like, everybody else. He's corrupt, drunk, and when he sees his assistants being attacked, he rolls up the window, drives away. And drives away. (laughs) Did he survive or did he die? Well, they were seriously injured, at least, because the gremlins, like, cut the brake lines, basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They were seriously injured. So the teacher guy died. How did they kill the... I guess they dragged him Yeah, it was never shown. Chewed his throat out. I understand I if there's know. a whole bunch of yeah. them they can dogpile on But you, that was just the one. 1v1. You should be able to 1v1 a gremlin. Yeah. You should. I mean, if you could fight yeah, a, right. a terrier of some kind, I think you could take a gremlin. Yes. That's what cats look like without the fur. Yeah, if yeah. you stood a cat yeah. on its hind legs. Yeah. yeah. They got the teeth. They got the claws. Maybe not quite the long claws, but... I think I have heard a 911 call of a family trapped in the bathroom because their cat was freaking out and kept attacking them. So, I mean. I have been genuinely afraid of my cat once or twice when she's been very spooked by something and she kind of reverts to like a feral state. Yeah. There's been moments when I'm like, okay, I'm going to lock myself in the bedroom until you calm down. But that's not because I think she's going to kill me. I just don't want to get the shit scratched out of me. Right. She could injure me, but I do not fear death mortal danger right that scientist could have maybe used some like numbing gel or something on the creature before he drew the blood out of it you know because that would seem to be ethical to me i mean to be fair they killed people whether or not they had wronged them yeah that is true but it was kind of mean like i felt really bad for it like oh no (laughs) i wish i'd been more afraid of the gremlin because they definitely got bigger when they transformed the mogwai in their fluffy state are smaller than they become reptilian Because they're like kitten-sized mogwai, basically. Right. But they're still not big enough, I don't think, to be that much of a threat. To just be murdering people left and right. I would guess a fully grown gremlin weighs maybe 25 pounds. Somewhere in that range. Sure. Yeah. Like a really mean toddler. Yeah. But then you just pick up a gremlin. Yes. Beat (laughs) the other gremlins with the gremlin. You just put your hand on yeah. their head and or they can't get Or just kick you. it. You can drop kick a gremlin yep. easily. Same thing with Chucky. He might get a stab <laughs> or two in on your shin and that's going to suck. You might get some tore up ankles, <laughs> but ultimately you won't die. <laughs> yeah. If a small animal uh, is coming at you, kick it. Just kick it. Just kick it. Like I get like, it seems like gremlins mo- are most effective when yes. they're, I mean, messing with machinery basically and causing accidents rather than physically attacking you. It was just a gremlin. Like, he, yeah, he didn't have a gun or a... Sl- when they get a fucking gun. <laughs> a chainsaw or a truck. Chainsaw. I could not believe when he picked up an axe, just a straight up gun. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, twice. They pick up guns twice in the movie. Yeah. Well, then he looks at it. He's like, gun. <laughs> I was like, yeah, shit. Yeah, they kind of say English words 
Sort of. Sometimes. <laughs> I think if they've heard them on like TV or a movie or something like that, they can. I watch it with the subtitles on. So when they threw Gizmo in the trash, they said, Gizmo, caca. When they cut off the phone line from the phone call, they said, phone home, caca. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He said caca a lot. (laughs) And then Gizmo was woofing at the dog while he was driving around in the department store. Woof, woof. He was calling him a woof woof, I guess. Gizmo's adorable. Yeah, it's cute. He is super adorable. Sometimes. Sometimes his mouth or nose area was all wrinkly. I was like, I don't like that. But (laughs) I guess he's kind of like a pug. He's like a proto-Furby. Yeah. But yeah, he very much resembles a Furby. He really is. Furbies almost resemble them so much that they are infringing on their IP. I would think so. I'm surprised they did not get sued. And it's really scary when you're like in your room and it's dark and you're about to sleep and then your Furby starts going, ah, Was it motion activated? Ah, out of nowhere. I never had one. Uh, no. Well, they do have a motion activated Ooh. thing, but it had been asleep for like I never a had week. one because my parents didn't love me enough. And I hadn't touched it. I don't know, man. <laughs> 98, maybe? 99 sounds about right. Oh, yeah. I was too old by then. Never mind. So... We've talked about what's bad in the movie. Rather than just like bad in terms of filmmaking, was there anything you found to be problematic? There's one area I can think of that... I mean, not loving the mysticism and like Chinese sort of stereotypes. I don't know if it verges into problematic territory or not. There's not a lot of it in the movie. Yeah. Why were there sex workers when with was that? Navy guys in their dress blues? It felt very like 1940s to me. Like they're almost in a different time period. Yeah. I was like, this isn't 80s Chinatown. Okay. Was the lesson at the end of the movie, was it that the Chinese really are sneaking gremlins into the electronics that they export? Because he said that the voiceover was like, it just might be a gremlin. Well, I think there's a phase of just Asian in general is scary. Right. But is the movie saying, yep, you're right to have that fear? Well, I feel like the movie is, at least, or maybe I'm reading into this. When he's talking about it, he's talking about, like, we're not ready for, like, the gifts of the earth kind of deal. But I felt it was almost like a, you guys steal everything you find from other cultures, fuck it all up, and (laughs) create all this Mm -hmm. ruin around you. Like, stop stealing our shit. In such a woke way, it was like the weird mysticism of the other, the Orient, quote-unquote, is like, you know, you are not ready for yes it was almost woke by accident that part of it yeah i felt yeah like i'm reading more into that now than mm-hmm. was intended at the time so if it was very much like yes. a, almost like a yoga yeah. warning you know uh-huh you will be you will be <laughs> that's good feed them after midnight you will not <laughs> <laughs> yeah i thought that part was kind of odd in the movie and definitely uh has not aged quite as well i think even at the time it was kind of ham-fisted mm-hmm. stereotype because i remember as a kid watching it and thinking like <laughs> what is this i think there was like a crossover of because like they say he's chinese right and they're in chinatown and then the guy is talking about mm-hmm. fighting the japanese in world mm-hmm. war Two. so it's like All Asians are the same. They're tricky and they put gremlins in your electronics. Yeah, that there was that one utterly racist character who was just like ranting and raving about Asian people. And then it turns out he's right. (laughs) That's not great. 
Anything else? Any like lady issues? I don't think so because they didn't really have Phoebe Cage didn't have a very big role. Like she was there to be the kind of supportive proto girlfriend. Yeah. Probably fails the Bechdel test. Probably. I don't think there are. I don't think they are on screen at the same time, much less after. The mom is pretty badass though. She is pretty badass. Very Ripley esque from Alien. But also very (laughs) like, oh, I'm so frustrated with my 'er ne'er-do-well husband who's just going to all of these weird conventions and right this just sort of puts up with it i did think the hg wells time machine was pretty funny at the oh. convention i thought that was pretty funny and then also the like the robot thing that was talking to him that was pretty funny too yeah in kind of just a goofy way you know yeah that was funny well there's like the hg wells time machine is in the background of one scene and some people walk yeah. past it and it's gone <laughs> so like it worked it's canon yeah so the parents had kind of a classic bumbling man long-suffering wife sitcom dynamic Yes. Where she was just like, oh, there he goes again. That man of mine. Yeah. Well, I felt like you were, the beginning of the movie, you're in almost like a Frank Capra. It was very Leave It to Beaver. Mm-hmm. Christmas movie, basically. Yeah. And then the horror shows up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, they even showed It's a Wonderful Life at one point. <laughs> right. So I felt this was much more of a horror movie than a Christmas movie. This may be controversial, but. I would agree with you largely, but I think it does fit as a Christmas movie. There is a crossover between horror, there's like horror Christmas movies. Yeah. It does definitely exist, but I think that you could have set this at a different time of year and it still would have been the same. I've heard people say that before, so I was really watching that with that in mind. I was watching this and I really do think that Christmas is integral to the movie because... How so? How so? You have basically the gift of the Mogwai coming. Could have been a birthday gift. Could have been a birthday gift. It's true. You have the whole thing with it being Christmas and she's still like foreclosing on people's houses. Okay, yeah. There's a lot of Christmas stuff that's in here. You have that whole amazing Phoebe Cates okay. uh, speech about Christmas, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. Yes. But that could have been any other. That's one of my favorite things in the movie. That was so stupid. Like, I just, I remember the first time I just busted out laughing. (laughs) It sounds like an urban legend, like a spooky story you tell around campfire. Yeah, very much. Jesus. Yes, she's the girl the urban legend happened to. It is. It is an urban legend. It is. Yeah. But they're living through an urban legend at the same time. So it's kind of. I said earlier, we're training our whole podcast career for this movie. This is the same set as Back to Mm, the Future. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That like center town square thing. I definitely see that. Yep. It actually, it felt a little bit like Mm a 50s town, even though it was set in the 80s. Like the cars are 80s-ish, but it felt like more retro than that in a lot of ways. Yes, I agree. Because, mm-hmm. like, the Chinatown makes sense if the movie takes place in the 50s, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't, so. Pretty convenient that every single gremlin decided to go to the movies at the same time. It's true. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> they loved movies. You let them watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> Most of those never did watch TV. They were birthed from Stripe, who he did, but... I guess there's genetic memory or something. Yeah, but they do what he says, so. At some point, there has to be a limit, right? To There's so much gremlin lore that I wish I understood better. Like, Well, you're in luck because (laughs) there's both a gremlin novelization. (laughs) There's a comic book series. Okay, I don't want to understand it that bad. (laughs) There's gremlins too. And then, of course, there's novelizations and comics for those two. So you can become a gremlinologist. I don't want to spend half my life 
reading about the gremlin verse, I just want to know some fast facts. <laughs> Isn't there a limit to how many times he can? Yeah. It's got to violate some law of thermodynamics that he can just infinitely reproduce. Oh, definitely. Right. Well, they were definitely violating a lot of conservation maps <laughs> because like the orange so scene, silly. when it just sprays like a gallon of orange pulp. That's what I was thinking. His his machines are really good at creating a lot of something. Right. Like one orange floods an entire yes, kitchen, right? It- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then second, when does after midnight stop? After midnight is always. Is it sunrise? I would guess sunrise, but he doesn't say. Oh, that is a timeless question that everyone asks themselves. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. They do really like food in general, though, so... Right, and they're carnivorous, which, that should have tipped you off right there. Well, because, like, Mogwai don't have sharp teeth, but gremlins do. (laughs) But they were eating chicken as Mogwai. (laughs) Really malevolent Muppets. (laughs) Oh, time zones? Are they Eastern Standard Time only monsters, or what? (laughs) Yeah. What if you're on a plane with a gremlin, and you're crossing time zones? Uh Uh-oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) You just got mind freaked. Oh, shit. Just don't feed it the whole time. I suppose you already said you didn't want to delve too deep into the Gremlin verse, but there's so much fan fiction that you could write. I just need a Wikipedia article about what are the rules of Gremlins, please. There's so many questions. <laughs> not a novel, not a comic series, just some bullets. Right. You just want them to have like a consistent set of magic laws or whatever. You're asking a lot from an 80s movie. (laughs) Well, that's one of my favorite things about genre fiction is learning the rules. That's like half the fun for me about like, oh, it's a fantasy world. How does the economy work and how does the magic work and whatever? You don't have to like up front tell them all, but you have to at some point in the work reveal Mm -hmm. what the rules are. Yes. As goofy as like Harry Potter is or other fantasy series, you know how the world works. And if you were to ask a question, about how a new thing would work in that world, I think you could answer the question based yeah. on what you know. Gremlin verse? Hmm. I don't know. Yes, this seems more not thought out all the way through than a lot of fantasy. Chris Columbus, he wrote this uh, based on the first apartment that he had. <laughs> Because he got it, and like when he got it during the day, it was cute and charming and everything. And then nighttime came and all the rats came out. <laughs> it was terrifying. So that like dichotomy wow. is what launched that. Hmm. Yeah, I've had a rat infestation, and it is very much like that. Like, they're surprisingly fucking loud. Ugh. Anyway, awful. And then also the script was like a demo script. Like, see, I can write a script script. Oh, it was like they were getting new pages every day. (laughs) Yeah, I was surprised when I saw it was written by Chris Columbus, because I thought he was mostly a director. Yeah. No, he wrote stuff. Home Alone was really his first, like, movie he directed. Man, how much talent is behind the camera on this? You've got Steven Spielberg. You've got Gary Marshall. Got Kathleen Kennedy. You've got Chris Columbus. I mean, you've got a lot of talent in the 80s here making this happen. You got your Corey factor satisfied. A lot of talent. And it's a really mediocre movie. (laughs) (laughs) So much talent. And it's a really just mediocre movie. Oh, it is a really mediocre movie. It's one of the best 80s movies. So, yeah, of the other 80s movies that we've watched, I would say I liked this probably better than most of the others. I would agree that this is a better movie than Goonies. Goonies holds a more special place in my heart, but I think just purely as a film, this works a little better. Goonies is nigh unwatchable for an adult who's never seen it before. This is at least fun. Mm, Only if you're dead inside, (laughs) but yes. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> no. Right. No. Only if you've seen better movies and grew up on those. That's true. I feel like Stranger Things has taken a lot of the need to kind of see those 80s movies away. Because yeah. you're like, Stranger Things does it and does it better. And Stranger Things also gives yeah. you a little bit of that same tonal whiplash, I think. I mean, it, it does yep. have a, a dark and spooky vibe almost all the way through. But it also has like moments of childhood whimsy and just like, hey, this is kids on bikes. But then it jumps to somebody getting ripped apart. Right. It also has a, we were talking about the need for an internally consistent set of logic and Mm -hmm. rules like the upside down makes sense when you understand what's happening you know right well and also stranger things since it's ongoing you get the sense that more rules and more like details about the universe will be revealed yeah like over time so in the final analysis of gremlins are you glad you watched it or is it an hour and a half you're never gonna i'm definitely glad i watched it it was fun I didn't love it. I probably won't really rewatch it, but that's a box I am glad to check. And it was, you know, slightly better than fine. Do you think if you had seen it as a child, I know it's hard to answer that question, but if you'd, you would have liked it better? I probably, yes, I would have. Yeah, probably. Although I might have had more, like with Roger Rabbit, which I did see as a child, I had that level of, of apprehension towards it. Like I have this little, like fear in the back of my brain about that movie Horror. because of the stuff that's dark in it that I saw when I was really young that I'd probably have about this. Well, Hannah, you had seen this. Yeah. You're rewatching it now. Did it hold up to your experience and remembrance of it? I don't remember enjoying it all that much the first time I saw it, but I did enjoy I like I enjoyed like the little bits where the gremlins were being really silly and all of the callbacks to other films and stuff. I enjoyed those parts. I was like, oh, I'm glad I saw that. Some of those went on too long for me. Like, I would have definitely taken less of that. I think the bar scene went on a little too long. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I get it. They're whimsical. I mean, I love Gremlins. I think you can't be my age and not love Gremlins. I've watched it many times, just like in the past few years. I've probably watched it at least once a year. I've watched it with kids and seen their reactions to it. I think it still works. I think it's a definitely a test for kids if they're ready for yeah. Gremlins or not, because there's a certain age where they're not. <laughs> then there's a certain age where it's like scary, but it's good. And they'll... <laughs> watch it Hmm. what age would you say most kids are okay with this movie yeah like nine or ten i think you can watch it but it'll be really scary for you and then probably ten and up like it's Hmm. still suspenseful and scary but not like absolutely terrifying to you hide behind the couch yeah yeah i think fifth or sixth grade me would have enjoyed gremlins a lot more makes sense so that was gremlins if you like what you heard go give us a quick review on itunes five stars preferably but you know live your truth don't be stingy with them stars (laughs) you can find us at popcultureconfessions.com and follow us on twitter at at pccast we'll give you a shout out on the air if you like tweet something nice at us or review us or email us or you know (laughs) whatever anything we have no shame if you have any confessions that you want to make if you have any stories or anything you want to tell us you can email us at popcultureconfessions at gmail.com and many thanks to wax logic for the use of their sweet groove so guys i also have a a confession here this movie i think of it as a christmas movie that we just watched it got me kind of in that mood to see christmas movies and there's a movie that i haven't seen that people say is very much a christmas slash new year's kind Uh of movie Hmm, interesting and i get a reaction every time someone mentions it that they really like this movie so i think it's something i should see 
So I have never seen. Tune in next episode to hear Ryan's pop culture confession. Can we fix it? Yes, we can. Maybe. Maybe.